The King of love, my shepherd is, whose goodness faileth never. I nothing lack if I am his, and he is mine dark vale, I fear no ill. With thee, dear Lord, beside me, thy rod and staff, my comfort still, thy cross before to guide me. Hello, and welcome to Tea Time Theology. I'm your host, Mariah Wakande, and today's guest is Ivy Slinsky. Welcome, Ivy. Hi, thank you for having me. Yeah, of course. So how have you been? <laughs> so I've, my favorite is when people are like, how have you been? And everyone's like, it's a pandemic. And I know. <laughs> what do you mean, how have we been? <laughs> um, I know. I started laughing in the middle of asking that question. <laughs> no, I've been pretty good. You know, I can't complain. Everyone is healthy in my life. And luckily, no COVID symptoms or anything here. And so we are all happy with that, which is great. How about you? I've been pretty good. You know, I'm getting into the flow of working from home now that I've been doing it for eight months um, and you just you have your up days and your down days just like any other time but now there's the global pandemic so I think kind of like the whole span of your up and down days is just like lower and so your up days are not as up as they were pre-pandemic but you know besides that healthy um you know, staying in touch with my family and friends as best as I can. Definitely not as bad as what others may be experiencing. So I'm definitely blessed for that. Oh, of course. So to kick off the second season, I thought we could kind of talk about how COVID-19 has been affecting our personal worship. Um, you know, everything shut down for a solid chunk of time and then you know even now we're under these additional restrictions and you know if we're allowed to be inside then we have to wear masks and things like that so I was wondering how have you kept up with your worship during this time yeah I think at the very beginning I was really good about like watching the zoom masses and all of that kind of stuff and I also really enjoyed watching like multiple Zoom masses. Like I like, I didn't watch the full ones, but I liked watching what other priests' um, sermons were and seeing different perspectives. And I think when the pandemic first hit, I was I was very good at doing that. And now I just am not as good at it. I feel like there's a lot of, like the pressure point has come back where 
and Rhode Island, we are spiking again. We're um, recording this right before the election is happening. By the time it drops, it'll be after the election, but we are filming it right before um, election day. So I feel like there are a lot of outside anxieties. And I think for me, I would really do well with being like inside a church. But I think that also that has allowed me to expand what my idea of worship has been. And I'm enjoying thinking of having worship service being going to a pumpkin patch and enjoying that or having (laughs) that be like my day off is doing that and that's like a worshipable experience because it is just unbridled joy so I think now my worship experience is less specifically um me being on like a zoom call with church or like Facebook living and more what things are bringing me joy and having those being like sacred times where I am like going and walking on the beach or I'm enjoying this time off or doing something like that and those are now like my carved out sacred times you know as you're talking I was just thinking about when we were recording the first season of this podcast and halfway through was when kind of the language about a pandemic was starting to make way and we were still doing in-person interviews, but we would say things like, please don't mention the pandemic. We don't know how long this is going to last and we don't want it to be irrelevant. Um, And now it's like, we're just totally embracing this is what life is for the foreseeable future. Yep. We are here. (laughs) Yeah. But I really love how you're explaining your definition of worship expanding because you know I would have never considered going to a pumpkin patch a form of worship Mm -hmm. I would have considered it a form of self-care or something fun or a way to appreciate God's creation um, but not necessarily as a form of worship when you do things like that are they intentional about intentionally about you seeking to kind of keep your relationship with God or does God just kind of make their way into those experiences? Um, I think that for me, the idea of having a close relationship with God and the idea of having, um, Yes, you feel close relationships with God when you are angered or distressed or you are frustrated or anytime you're feeling high emotion. But I think that you don't personally like sit and you're like, I'm going to have a worshipful experience today when I do this. But I also think that um, my time has been very much, I am working a lot and um, having a full day off to like do a fun activity is not always something that I have. So having that sort of restful day also sort of, I feel like leads into worship, but also like, I feel like my relationship with God is so linked with this idea of like unbridled joy and happiness 
that like Mm. having those two connected together just makes sense for me and if what that is is like going when it's raining to like pick out a Christmas tree even though it's October (laughs) like it's COVID so like time no longer exists that's okay and like that's valid And I have always, my grandmother used to say that like sinning is when you are like stepping away from God. So I also like to think of it in the reverse, that worship is a time for when you are close to God. So whether that is in a church building or whether that's because you're feeling joy because of something, I think that that can be there. And I also don't think that every time that you do something has, you have to go into it thinking that it has to be worshipful I think that it can be after the fact Mm, that's beautiful I love that and I in a lot of ways feel similarly um so you mentioned that doesn't have to be in a building Mm -hmm. but I'm wondering you know after so many months of this pandemic and so many churches in our area still being closed you know, what do you, what do you think about that? I found myself, you know, kind of a couple months in when retail opened back up as essential. And I was like, why is it that I can go shop at TJ Maxx, but I can't go to church? And it just like brought up this question of like, what is essential? And to me, my spirituality is essential. And also, I am able to access that part of myself being in my church because that's to me it's just a holy space it's not always a holy space and a lot of times church is about community but you know the particular church that I go to I feel holiness in that space and I miss that space so what are your thoughts about you know opening churches during this time so I have mixed feelings about it I think that first of all it has seemed to me in Rhode Island and if I am incorrect I'm incorrect that it has been really up to the individual churches how they reopen that some churches have reopened and are administering communion and are doing that fully in service in the church with limited numbers and some churches are just worshiping outside and some churches are still just fully on zoom and you can decide whether that was a good choice or a bad choice for our diocese in your own life um that's a personal choice um but that is sort of what i have seen our diocese sort of do so i don't know if i would agree that church has been deemed unessential i think that it was a call that our governor had to make. And I don't know about other states. I don't, I don't live in other states. And I was talking to someone recently about it. And I was like, the data that we had when this pandemic started was that this disease was most deadly to our oldest population. And it is statistically proven that churches most often have older people in them. So when you are looking for your first thing to close to protect the elderly, 
it makes sense that it's churches. And I get that. I also know that our governor tried to open churches as quickly as she could. And by the end of May, they were back to being open. But I also wish that the buildings could be open. I'm not saying like for having like consistent services or anything like that. But I wish that it could be like, if you just need a place to come and pray, that you are welcome in these spaces. And I think that is what I really think is a shame during this time is that we haven't opened our buildings and I don't know how to um, in a great way. So I'm just sort of spitballing here, um, but opening our buildings as places that are places for people to isolate and quarantine, places for people to get resources. COVID has created so many traumas in people's lives. Um, and I would have loved to have seen these beautiful, large buildings where it is easy to social distance, especially in some of the larger churches as a space to be used. But I also don't know the logistics of that. But I'm also not in charge, so <laughs> I don't have to the logistics. Yeah, and you know, I'm not trying to put you on the spot at all, you know, <laughs> because it's it's a really difficult decision, and there are so many things to consider um, beyond communion or not communion. You know, there yeah. there's there's so many considerations, um, and I hear you. And honestly, I I agree. Like I. I would say I was more in the camp of like, we need to figure out how to get these churches open and operating again. But I have never really been tied to the idea that open and operating has to look like what it did before this virus was a part of our daily life, you know? And, and so I agree for me, it is about opening the building and and the church being a place of sanctuary and refuge for those in need, which is, you know, what it's supposed to be at all times. Um, and so how to get these buildings open, how to staff them safely and offer the resources of shelter and protection and safety. Um, you know, that's, that's a big thing for me. Um, my church, Grace, in downtown Providence, just recently started opening to do the afternoon organ concerts again, which used to be every Thursday at noon. And, you know, anyone on their lunch break could just walk in and listen to the organ. So we've recently started that again, and you have to pre-register, and they have their marked pews where you're allowed to sit, and your mask and things like that. But it's still so amazing for me, the, the first... Thursday back I went and I was just like sitting in the back of the church crying because I heard the organ in this beautiful space for the first time in like many months um so I agree it, it's about being creative and about the church being a place for its community which yeah. kind of leads us into the second season of our podcast and um kind of our themes so for those of you who are returning listeners from the first season, you may notice that 
Ivy is not the host this season. I'm the host, Mo. Um, and I guess, yeah, Ivy, you and I, we can talk about kind of this next season. You're passing the baton to me to be the host. And our overall theme is service and mm-hmm. how the church shows up in our communities. Um, Ivy, do you have anything to say about kind of the episodes and the guests we have coming up this season? Yeah, I am so excited about some of the guests. Well, I'm excited about all of the guests, <laughs> but I am really excited, especially talking to you, because I feel like the Episcopal Church is really good at having like the best kept secrets where like I would email you and I'm like let's have these people on and you're like what is that (laughs) it's so exciting for me to like shine a light on some of these amazing ministries that I know about just because of like family members or me being involved in them in various ways but I'm so excited that we get to sort of show off some of the amazing ministries and I think what's really exciting is a lot of these ministries there's a lot of feeling that you can't have any action right now that there's a lot of like hurry up and wait currently with the pandemic um there's a lot of isolation but a lot of these communities are still um showing up in their communities and they are places where people can either give financially if you are able or if you can volunteer, you can reach out to these people after the podcast and see if there's a way that you can help them out. So I also really like that this season, we're not only giving people a great podcast to listen to, but we're also giving them actionable ways that they can help the Rhode Island community as well, which I think is something that people are really looking for right now they're not just looking to listen anymore they're looking for action totally and I'm really excited to be this season's host because community service and just like any kind of service-based action has always been really core to my personal and professional development so just to kind of give a little overview of what we're going to be looking at this season, you know, we're looking at things like the Episcopal Service Corps and kind of a a way that the church operates on a national and international level. We're looking at specific churches in different communities around Rhode Island and how they serve different populations in need. Um, We're looking at, you know, Episcopal charities. We are also doing a two-part series on music in the church and how music is service in a way. And we're also looking at retired clergy and what happens after, you know, someone has chosen to dedicate their, their professional life to God. What, what does serving God look like um, personally for, for people who have been priests and deacons and bishops? Um, So I'm really excited about all of that. Um, Do you have anything else you want to kind of highlight before we wrap up the episode? Um, 
highlight the episodes I don't know I'm so excited to kind of be more on the listening end this season and sort of shift that and I am so excited to pass the baton over to you I know that it is in amazing hands and that we're gonna have some wonderful fruitful conversations and really get to see a whole different aspect of the Episcopal Church in Rhode Island and really get to hear some new voices at the table, which is always exciting. Definitely. Well, thank you for being on our season premiere episode. Thank you for having me. Thank you for listening to Tea Time Theology. We would like to thank our sponsor, the Episcopal Diocese of Rhode Island, and the Right Reverend Nicholas Nisley. We would like to thank Mario Aconde and Jack Zornado for the music, Taylor Wilkie and Ivy Swinsky, our producers, as well as our guests today. Follow us at Tea Time Theology on all social medias.